I'm not sure what would be defined as the most significant moment in your life. If you think back of all the events that have taken place, things you've learned, things you've seen, things you've encountered, what would be the most significant moment of your life? Well, in this story, we're going to see, probably aside from Christ, the most noted leader in human history, certainly in the Bible, Moses, aside from Christ, uh, is coming to the most significant moment of his life, his encounter with Christ. Now you say, I didn't hear Christ when you read Exodus chapter 3. And you don't. But when you get to the New Testament and read John chapter 8, you can't deny that this is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the face of God. He is the full human expression of God. He is God. And every part of Christ, he is God. And this is how we come to know God. You cannot come to know God any other way. You can't come through church or good works or baptism or communion or anything else. The only way to come to God is through Jesus Christ. And it's beautiful when you read this in the Old Testament. And so last week when we, we talked about God identifying himself by his name, all of us have names. Uh, I'm not sure why your parents picked your name. Uh, you may like your name. <laughs> you may say, I wish they would have thought of a different name. Um, as a grandparent, you get really nervous when your kids start having, because they don't ask you what you like or what your opinion is. Um, so you're just kind of waiting that it's not something like way out there. Um, <laughs> I want to get off on that. But, um, but a name does have significance because especially in, in the Bible, it represents something about the person. And, and God says, here's a new name. I want you, you've known me as Adonai or Lord. You, you, you've known me as Elohim. But now this name, Jehovah, we talked about that last week, is expressing the covenant God, the relational God. And it is the Jehovah that we see is Christ revealed in the New Testament. And he describes it this way, I am that I am. In other words, it means to be. Everything I have been, I will be. Everything I will be, I have always been. He is the self-existent, eternal, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, immutable God. He is sovereign over all things. He is self-sufficient. He is everything you need. And he's personal. He's relational. And this is such a beautiful thing to read. And so this is Moses' experience. The title of our series on the life of Moses is called Face to Face. Well, how do you come face to face with God? Through Christ. And this really describes the man who knew God face to face. So when we talk about who, I am who I am. The next thing we're going to talk about is what. <laughs> so, and who has to come before what? 
You can't know what you're supposed to do until you know who is speaking to you. And it's always that way. I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul when he read, meets Jesus on the road to Damascus and there's flashing light. And he, and he asks, first of all, the who question, who are you? And he says, I'm Jesus. And the second question we read him in asking him is, what would you have me to do? And this is where I want to bring this down to the level for each one of you, that your relationship to Christ is first and always who. And second will be what. The what of your life will flow out of the who. Now, when God gives the what, <laughs> we go from awe and worship. <clears throat> I mean, this is a spectacular scene, a bush that's burning, it's on fire, it's not being consumed. It's a spectacular sight. And, and we said that he's, he stands in awe and we worship him for all that he is. But now he's going to give Moses instructions on what he is to do. <laughs> and he's basically sending him back to Egypt to rescue three million people. You'll find this true about whatever God wants you to do, you're going to cringe. I hate to say that. It's not like, oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I'm all in. <laughs> because you're going to think, and, and what strikes at Moses, and I think a lot of times you, you talk about these five excuses he makes, it comes out of fear. It comes out of fear. Fear is, the, is really contrasted with faith. When, when we're afraid of something, we're going to pull back and, and we're going to try to control the situation or fix the situation or manipulate the situation. I, I, I'm afraid and, or, or give excuses of why we can't do this. And faith will always obey. There is no faith that doesn't obey. We read that in the book of James. Faith will always obey. And fear will always clutch on to try and control and produce misery and heartache and pain and disobedience. So we're going to see him struggle with God in this conversation. I've had a lot of walks in my life where I've had similar conversations with God. Because what I, I'm, I'm, I'm working through things. And, and God will do that. But you'll see at the end, he's kind of done having conversation with Moses. So five excuses in chapters three and four. God's call to you. What is God's call to you? It's first to know him. It's first to know him, to believe in him, to come to him, to have a relationship with him, to follow him. That's why what Jesus said when you get into the, the New Testament, he, he walks by the Sea of Galilee and he says to these fishermen, he said, follow me. Well, you think about it, that's pretty simple, isn't it? Follow me. But do you, do you realize what that means? It's not easy. I mean, follow, follow me means leaving all, all that you're doing and abandoning your life to follow Christ. And that can and will produce in a lot of us fear. 
But the Christian life is a life of faith. So the first excuse that Moses gives, we find in verse 11. Moses answers God, God with, who am I? Who am I? Wrong question. <laughs> Wrong question. But he should be asking, as he did before, who are you? Not who am I? But I would say what this question reveals, verse 11 says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And it represents, I, I would say what we have today is an obsession in our culture of who am I? What is my identity? What is my gender? Um, where am I from? What is the purpose of my life? What am I? It's all about me. The selfie generation, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's and, and everything we hear and everything that happens, people immediately think, what's that going to do to me? How's that going to affect to me? And, and what that does is produce an incredible amount of fear. I think we, we can recognize we do live in that kind of a culture, obsessed with me. We should be obsessed with who God is. That's the question. Who is God? When you stop to think about who is God, who does he say he is, it calms you. When you say, who am I, that's going to send you into this downward spiral. That's why I see kids today, they're just, they're just spinning out. You go into your schools and you go into your communities, you go to the mall and you see the, the kids are spinning out. Because there's absolutely no stability. You say, who am I? Am I this? Am I that? Am I, what's the meaning of my life? The only stability that will ever come is through Christ, the I am. At this burning bush, we see all of the attributes of God in Christ. He's all-powerful. He's all-wise. He's ever-present. He is good. He is just. He is unchangeable. He is everything. He's all-sufficient, and he loves you. Once you stop and think about that, you know what it does to you? When you stop and think about who he is, it settles you. Nothing's too hard for him. Nothing's beyond his understanding. He's never going to become inconsistent. The more you think about God and his character and his qualities, the more peace and joy will come to your life. The more you think about self, what am I going to do? Who am I? What's going to happen to me? The more despair is going to come into your life. <clears throat> 